David Meeson is a professional dating and relationship coach for men. What a lot of men do is they get into a relationship and it's not that they isolate, but they stop spending time with other men. They stop socializing. They narrow down on her and that person, that lady becomes their sole source for love and connection. And then your psychological well-being is threatened if you if you're presented with the possibility of not being with her. He has already helped men from 27 countries find and attract the right girlfriend or life partner or get a better social life in general. In German, we have a saying, the appetite comes while you're eating. In German, we have a saying, the appetite comes while you're eating. You know, and then it's like, while you're out there, if you have a beautiful woman who's standing in front of you who's reacting positively to you, that's great for your brain. While you're sitting at home, half depressed because of the breakup, obviously you're not going to feel like it. He specifically helps men improve their communication skills with women as well as improve their confidence. Is there an opening line when it comes to approaching a woman that would guarantee, well not guarantee, but would give them a higher chance of success? Very good question. Before we begin today's episode, I would really appreciate a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. This helps to get the message out there to men and therefore encourage and inspire them to level up their life. So without further ado, this is the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Gavin Meenan. Thank you for tuning in. So David, as a man who helps other men become successful in their dating lives and relationships, can you tell me about a time when you struggled in that area and how you began to turn that around in your own life? Yeah, sure. So I was married to a woman who really wasn't right for me. Not to say that she's a bad person. I don't think I'm one either. But as most men, I think we stumble into relationships by accident. Very few men actually consciously choose the person they're with. They're just kind of like, yeah, they go about their life. And then either through work or friends or maybe randomly, they actually get a date from a dating app. And, but it's very random. It's not very structured. And then, so for me, it was interesting. So I was in Germany, but I flew to Ireland because there was something called the European Camp or Karate Camp, where people from th 25, 30 different countries come together in fucking County Carlo in the Mount Woolsey Hotel. Sorry, I shouldn't curse. My apologies. You uh, curse away, man. That's all right. Curse allowed here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I flew over for that thing. And she was helping her uncle, who's still to this day, one of the best and most respected guys in the space. And um, so I met her there. Now, I probably, if I had known how to communicate more authentically, the conversation probably wouldn't have gone beyond 45 seconds because we would have realized a natural lack of compatibility. But what a lot of men do is if they're deprived of female attention, like I was, they're trying to be super nice and they just go along with whatever comes up. And like, oh yeah, sure, they agree when they shouldn't agree and all of that. And yeah, then we basically, I immediately jumped into a one-year-long distance relationship and then I moved to Ireland. We spent a couple of years together and we got married. And it really wasn't a good relationship for either of us because there was a lack of compatibility. Our values weren't aligned. What we wanted from life wasn't aligned. And I also didn't know the dynamics of like, okay, how are you grounded in your masculine? How are you grounded in, like, how do you include your feminine in a healthy extent? And so... That led to a tremendous amount of suffering. Like I went through a really hard emotional time, very, very bad. 
with a lot of stress because she suggested to get married. And then, yeah, I, I own 100% of the responsibility. I would never reject the responsibility. But for me to be able to help people, I have to assume my responsibility, but also understand the dynamics that were at play. Because some people ask me, David, why did you marry her if it wasn't a good relationship? Well, because I was afraid of losing her. Tony Robbins says, we're, we're all going to sacrifice our values to meet our needs. And my value may mean I want to be respected in a relationship. I want to feel desired. I want there to be intimacy and passion and all of that and support. But my need is love and connection. And what a lot of men do, and you've probably seen that, they get into a relationship. And it's not that they isolate, but they stop spending time with other men. They stop socializing. They narrow down on her. And that person, that lady becomes their sole source for love and connection. And then your psychological well-being is threatened if you if you're presented with the possibility of not being with her. So when she suggested, hey, we should get married, I just, yeah, cool. I didn't even allow myself to question it. I wasn't really in touch with what's going on inside of me. And that then manifested in a lot of anxiety and there was a lot of stress. And that was just a symptom in me, me making a commitment to somebody that I shouldn't have been with. But it was, so that the suffering was really, really, really harsh. I was lucky that then I started working for a big tech company and uh, there was a guy who ended up sitting next to me who was in this dating space, in this dating and seduction space for like eight years or something. And he became a friend and a mentor. Eventually I ended the marriage, which was one of the hardest things I did because in the beginning you don't want to lose her. Then when you make the decision, I should probably get out of here. You don't want to hurt her because it's like, oh, well, what if I end this? This may really hurt her. And it probably does, but I was I was so convinced that it was going to break her, which was pretty arrogant because women aren't that weak. But it was still still a very difficult thing. But I ended that, and then I started, which is one of the hardest things I ever did. But I, I at some point I realized, well, it's going to end at some point if I'm already this unhappy, and why wait another seven years, you know? And then I started going out with him, started going to bars and clubs. You don't have to go to bars and clubs to find someone, but that's just how I got started. And I realized, wow, I'm a fucking German logical overthinker. It's unbelievable. Really trying to have like, very, hey, nice to meet you. Uh, where, What do you do for work on a fucking 11 p.m. in a pub in Dublin on a Friday night? You know? And so I realized, oh, wow, I'm not really good at it. But then after like four or six weeks of going out with him and getting feedback, I'm in a, uh, you know, tram line in Dublin? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was in tram line and I'm talking to the Spanish girl and she, after like 15 minutes of me ignoring all her signals, she asks me, so David, are you going to kiss me or what? I was like, oh, okay. So we started making out. And from that point on, my journey kind of got started. But it was, that was a really big point because if you grow up a ginger in Western society, you're not really considered the pinnacle of male attractiveness, you know? So there's a lot of, there's a lot of self-doubt. But then when you realize, wow, I actually can make this happen. But yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of suffering, a lot of confusion, and uh, that kind of like, you know, got the journey started. Sorry, I rambled on for a bit. No, no, that's a relevant ramble, man. How did you navigate the difficulty of getting out of that marriage? Because as you mentioned, it was such a difficult decision for you to make. I know a lot of guys at the moment, as you know, are stuck in relationships that are not adding value to their lives. They're no longer aligned with their partners. Maybe they were aligned 10 years ago, but things change, situations change, people change. So how did you finally come to that decision or make that final decision to leave? I suffered a year and a half. I started suffering a year and a half before that issue. It really, my emotional quality deteriorated rather rapidly 
because I wasn't in touch with myself. I wasn't really paying attention to my own needs and I wasn't communicating honestly with myself. Even when friends asked me, David, are you sure you want to do this? I was like, yeah, it's fine. Or if you're not willing to question something, at least for a mental exercise, there's probably something going on where you're uh, not uh, addressing stuff with yourself. But I suffered so much in it that at some point when I did meet a men, the guy became my mentor. That was basically probably the biggest thing. The suffering became too much. I was like the pain of staying with her as opposed to, but there's a, in personal development, which I'm sure you know, there's something called the formula of change. If you want to change something, there's three things you need. You need dissatisfaction, you need a positive vision, and you need a concrete knowledge of the next steps. These are the things that increase the probability of change occurring. The things that decrease the probability of change occurring, as you know, is the assumed cost of change. What do I have to give up to do that, right? Be the health and fitness. Oh, I'm probably going to have to restrict my eating, which you don't really do. We just have to be in a calorie deficit or whatever the case may be. But for me, the pain got a lot, got real high. Now, here's the thing. Pain a lot, pain alone is not going to cause you to change. Pain is going to increase your willingness to change, but not necessarily your own sense of competence. So I also have to have a positive vision. I was like, what could life be like if it was better? And most men don't even realize that they can actually have options. There's an unlimited amount of options out there. There's so many. There's a virtually infinite amount, but they're not even aware of that because they have all these beliefs. They don't believe that they can actually tap into this unlimited market because I've never done it before and they think the past equals the future and they don't know it's a, it's a skill set. Oh, it's all looks, it's all money, it's all bullshit, it's all excuses. You know, no, it's, but it's it's beliefs, it's limiting beliefs they have about themselves. And then the next step that's missing is literally the next steps. They don't know what to do. They don't know that they can actually, you know, actually build a good online dating profile, go and meet women in real life, that it's just a skill set. So I was lucky enough to have a mentor who I was, so we went out to a team event we were in the no, I remember this very vividly. We were in the no name bar in Dublin, our little team of like 10 people. And he'd go and approach us two other random girls that are in the pub. And for me, there was always when you go want to approach girls, this is like this invisible wall of like approach anxiety. It's like, what if she rejects me? What are people going to say about me? What if I run out of things to say? He just walks through that invisible wall that I perceived that didn't seem to exist for him, talks to them after 10 seconds, they laugh and he comes back with an Instagram. It's like, yeah. So, wow, what's going on? So I saw that it was possible in real life in front of my own eyes. And that really helped. So I had a lot of pain. He showed me what it could be like to be better. And he also started giving me some advice. It was it was a lot of suffering, really, that caused that. Mm -hmm. you, know? you wouldn't have been able to do that on your own, though, without your mentor? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I, I definitely believe I would have been stuck in it for a lot long. I think I'm the type of person... I would have either found some way to self-sabotage the relationship to then cause a breakup, but then I would have been in a bad spot. So I, I, I definitely, I would have either never done the change or it would have prolonged it for a long period of time for sure. And the good thing is the, the, that day, that evening, when I broke up with her, I, I still, I talked to my father about this. He said, David, I've never heard you cry like that. I was standing outside with my two fucking backs packed because she kicked me out. <laughs> and so I went to my friend, my mentor, right? And I stand there and I called my father and he said, I've never heard you cry that hysterically. So it was very emotional. But the interesting thing was the next day, I felt as happy as I hadn't in years. Freedom and happiness. I was like, wow, this is amazing. But here's a big key. And I have a video that's on YouTube on how to get over a breakup. One of the big things that a lot of men don't do, they then isolate themselves. You got to aggressively socialize. Because your brain needs that. You need to spend time with high quality male friends, family members. So you need 
and deep contact, but you also, and Huberman talked about that in one of the last episodes, what makes us happy is also socializing with people that we don't know that well. Eye contact, that really does something for our brain. So you need to aggressively socialize. They need to get somebody like you to help them with their fitness because you realize like the strength, like you embody so much discipline. I see that. It's amazing. And that's not always easy, but you feel like a fucking man when you do the difficult thing. They don't, they don't. They start watching Netflix. They get passive. They don't take care of the physiology. They don't spend time with other high quality male friends and they don't meet new women because they don't feel like it. No, you don't have to feel like meeting women. You just go and do it and it's good for your brain. And then in German, we have a saying, the appetite comes while you're eating. You know, and then it's like, while you're out there, if you have a beautiful woman who's standing in front of you who's reacting positively to you, that's great for your brain. While you're sitting at home, half depressed because of the breakup, obviously you're not going to feel like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the the aggressive socializing, though, in this country, many men would interpret that as aggressively drinking every weekend to escape the pain of the breakup which I'm sure is, a, is a, a pattern that you often see with these men. In Germany as well. In Germany as well. People have all these... One of the big things that I talk about in that YouTube video is one of the most important things you have to do when you get over a breakup is not do the wrong things. That's the, As you know, it's like, do not use alcohol at all. You shouldn't be drinking any alcohol. You should be consuming no drugs. And even I've seen people do all kinds of stuff, even pre-workout. People, not testosterone boosts, but like, over not overdosing but like going too intense on pre-workouts people use all kinds of shit to medicate themselves obviously alcohol cocaine the other stuff do not do that don't use weed don't use alcohol don't numb it because yeah alcohol is going to numb it for a couple of hours and you're going to wake up the next morning and you're going to feel even worse because your physiology is fucked and you and the situation isn't solved you know mm -hmm. yeah so br bring us back to that night in tramline when you kissed this spanish girl yeah. How did things begin to change for you from that point forward? Uh, that night, I remember I walked home along the Liffey, which is, you know, big river in Dublin, dividing the city into north and south. And I was listening to Imagine Dragons and I had a firework in my brain. I was like, you can actually learn this? Because there is a part in me, I, I was never this like swaggy kind of guy. Even in high school, there were these other kids that whenever they talked to girls, it was just always right. You know, they made the right jokes. That just wasn't me. I remember I was 14 years old or something. This cool dude in our class, he takes a stick and he pokes a girl in the ass. And she's like, oh my God. But like positively. So I'm like, okay, oh, that seems to work. So I take a stick and I poke another girl in the ass. She's like, you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to do the same thing he did, you know? And so I, well, basically... Sorry, the question was, how did things then begin to change? Well, I started then realizing, okay, it's not just that people who are good at dating, that they have something special, you know, that there's, but this guy, he had uncles and cousins that had swag, even the people who are so-called naturals, they're not, nat yeah, some of them are naturally more talented when it comes to social cues and some people less, that's all, there's a spectrum, that's fine. Everybody can learn it, but everybody has role models. Everybody learns from somebody. There's only two ways to learn in life, either like from experience or from other people. And learning from yourself has a really high cost associated with it. So I realized, okay, well, maybe it's not just that other people can do it. Maybe I can do it. That's why that was such a big moment for me. And then I started going out. I had my friend, my mentor. We lived together for a while and we worked together. So we spent a lot of time together. So I just squeezed his brain. And then I started learning from other people in the relationship industry, in the dating industry, psychologists in Germany, neuroscientists. 
I went to a lot of seminars in person. I did a lot of studies online and I got a ridiculous amount of experience myself to start going out all the time in Ireland, in Germany, flew to other countries because up until that point, my biggest obsession, I would say, would have been martial arts. I was teaching karate at Maynooth University as well. And so I was sometimes training six, seven times a week. And so that just replaced like that obsess that obsession with like wanting to master something because dating is only confidence, communication, and psychology. That, that's really what it boils down to. Like, wow, this is really interesting. And you realize it can give you such a high of if you just socialize because you get into such a positive flow because I'm sure one thing you know, and I know that for sure as well, when you go into personal development, you meet people like you come across people like David Goggins who are amazing. And where they like, they teach you the value of doing the difficult thing and going through the suffering. And it's amazing. But sometimes we as men, we can live sometimes almost a little bit too serious, too much of the time. And then we, we miss, we forget that there's so much fun to be had. Yeah. There's moments where we got to fucking suffer and most men don't suffer enough in the right way, you know, in the gym and kill themselves in a good way. But there's also a lot of fun and joy to be had. And this is something that I deeply believe. I realized, wow, you can actually have so many options. You don't need to be needy with any particular individual. If one woman is interested, you just move on because there's so many options. So you just started going out and just start taking a lot of action. Mm -hmm. Is there too many options? No, there's only wrong thinking. It is true. Yes, I think there is data that says that people, if presented with more choice, tend to be less happy, right? But you can, it depends on your thinking. I'm, I'm, it's, a, oh, now we have more options. Therefore, I can't be happily committed in a relationship. That's also nonsense, you know? Just don't, if you go and swipe through Instagram all day long, you're presented with all these artificial, like, I don't even show you, right? Like, if you scroll through Instagram, you're just like, yeah, you, can, you know what you see there. It's, a, it's soft porn. And you're just like, zoom, zoom. yeah, if I subject myself to that all day, then the grass is always going to be greener somewhere else. And you're presented with this, with this weird image of perfection. But the good thing that comes with choice is you realize, uh, like, there's no such thing as this, this woman who's a perfect 10 or a 10 out of 10 relationship. You can't, that's bullshit. But you can have an eight or nine out of 10 relationship. You can have an eight or nine that like really, really have an amazing relationship. 10 out of 10 perfect doesn't exist because you're going to realize everybody has some flaws. But the people who say, on the other hand, the people who talk most about people having flaws and sacrifice, they're in a five out of 10 relationship, a four out of 10 relationship. You can really have an eight or nine out of 10 relationship that's amazing, but you also realize, well, it's if I look at what's on Instagram, that's oftentimes highly filtered. And what I really appreciate is a lot of these women doing these Instagram versus reality pictures where they show themselves in one angle that are perfect. They sit different. And they're like, she goes from a nine to a six and a half within, within just a different angle. And that's amazing because I think there's so many women for whom social media has such a negative side effect. And for men, you're like, oh, wow, God, all these options. And you're going to go through a period of time where you need to experience them. But most people then at some point when they actually go through exploring a lot of options, if you get what I'm saying, they realize that just becomes empty at some point because you you do have a most people, not everybody, I think 95%, 90-95% of men, they do have a longing for something more sustainable. That's why like girlfriend, life partner, meaningful relationship. There's some men, they're going to want to be single forever. And the way men, there's two options of being happy, I think, two models. One is the normal model, which works for most people, I believe. You have a committed relationship, you have a great social circle with friends, and you have this one amazing woman in your life. There's a different model, which works for some people, very few, but for some, which is you stay single forever and you have such deep relationships to other men and your family, because you need depth somewhere that you can just have 
a variety of different women. That for some, for very few people, that also works. But for most people, when they go through a lot of options, they realize, well, at some point it gets empty and they just have a natural inclination for something more. But yeah, temporarily options can get distracting. I agree. Mm -hmm. You need depth somewhere. I like that, man. I think for a lot of men, when they go through this personal development journey, they go so deep within themselves that they almost lose themselves in themselves and then isolate themselves from people on the outside because they want to protect themselves from the potential of somebody disrupting the inner peace or the qualities that they've cultivated through their journey, yes. which is another part of the process. Yeah, 100%. I agree. How did you go from absolutely killing it on the dating field to then moving on towards a committed relationship? which you now have? Um, I did what I always did. The funny thing is most of my clients, they come to me with a particular aim. I want to find a relationship, which is fine. We go through a process and make it happen. But for me, it was, I was just out there. I wasn't looking for a relationship, but I met Fernanda in a pub in Dublin. And uh, I always say, you don't have to go to bars and clubs to find a girlfriend. Like you really don't. You can just meet women during the day, shopping malls, Starbucks, gym, or online, you should learn how to talk to them in real life, but it doesn't necessarily have to be at night, but it's a fun place. So I meet her, we date non-exclusively for quite some time. And at some point, like I really had a lot of options at that point, I really did. But at some point I realized, wow, this person, like she stands out. And I think that's a very healthy way to choose a relationship. Whether you go in consciously with the intent to have a relationship or whether it just happens is secondary, but you have options, not just one woman who's interested in you and then, you know, but um, you actually, choose her out of a variety of options and then we started spending time together a lot and then yeah now we're engaged for we got engaged like a couple of months ago and the relationship's on a different level again it's not it's not perfect but i would genuinely say it's a probably like a nine out of ten relationship especially because i have the comparison you know with my ex-wife this many fights with fernanda this many not that it never happens but it happens much less often and it happens when it happens, it's dealt with in a very different way because there's more compatibility. The dynamics are more on point. Uh, yeah, I just like explored a lot of options, met several of them, of them were dating several of them at the same time, and then started naturally gravitating more towards one person. I remember uh, it was at Christmas. I spent time with her and we were only, we were only not together, but we were dating for like only a couple of months and I got sick and she was really caring. And I was like, oh, this is interesting, you know? Because like, that is something that really matters to me. You know, there's, everybody has a certain universal criteria that men look for in relationships with women. And there's certain ones that are a little bit more individual. But like this caring side was something that was very important to me. And that's I realized, oh, wow, this is interesting. Because in the beginning, I really wasn't looking for a relationship. I was like, oh, wow, this is awesome. And then you realize, okay, cool. Variety is fun. But like, what about depth though, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's all down to the work you've done on yourself, though, isn't it? Yeah raising your own frequency and your, and your energy and being happier and more peaceful within and you sort of attract that similar similar qualities into your life, similar people into your life. Yes. So what the men you work with, is that the process you go through in terms of work on yourself first and the rest look after itself? Yeah, so that's an interesting thing, right? Because like like just work, there's different schools of thought and I have a very strong opinion. It's like, it like, just work on yourself, become a high value man and this dating thing is going to take care of itself. And the women are going to come to you. Well, I have too many, uh, too much evidence to the contrary. I have too many men who are too wealthy, who are 
pretty much at a pinnacle. Everybody can work on themselves. Everybody has areas where they're not great, but like they're doing extraordinarily well in a lot of areas that are high value men. And they're just not they're either meeting the wrong type of women. They're meeting women in a transactional way, if you get what I'm saying, or they just, uh, they're alone, you know? So it's not just that you can, yes, obviously work on yourself. It's the most important thing. I think if you're a man who hasn't shaped himself into a desirable person, then why the hell would a woman want to be with you? Yes, work on yourself. But so that's why I have a certain, there's certain types of people that come to me. I can't, I usually don't work too much with people who are, I don't know, college students. Well, one just this is going to sound stupid, but purely because they can't afford the coaching yet. That's why I try to put out a lot of content. Because one, I want to help people with the coaching. Obviously, we're all partially selfishly and selflessly motivated, right? I want to help people who are in the coaching. But I also want to like, you know, content here, look at this. Because like, at some point, people use, we all used to learn from free resources at some point, you know? So like, look at that, do that and put it into practice. Very few people put free content that's on the internet into practice because they're not invested in it because we only value what we invest in, but it is out there. And so, yeah, in the beginning, we, I, the thing that I work with them, because the men who come to me, they're already good. They're already doing well for themselves. They're not perfect. Everybody has areas to work on, right? Um, but they're already, they, they got a good job. They're stable in life. They got more or less good habits. That's basically it. You're a kind, warm person. You get your shit together, more or less. You're a good job. You've got good habits and that's it. And then like maybe some of them are maybe a little bit overweight, which is actually not that big a problem. Obviously you want to work for yourself. You should work on that. Women, if you have amazing communication skills, yes, it helps if you're slimmer for sure. But if you have amazing communication skills, it doesn't matter as much as people think, but for yourself, obviously you should work on that. Um, I think you should work on yourself always. It's never going to stop. You're never going to, because you've realized that when you get into personal development, you feel really alive when you're working on yourself. Then we plateau and we're like, okay, I'm already, why do I not feel alive? Well, because I'm not making fucking progress. That's why. So, but the thing that I work on them with is really the confidence and communication side and an understanding of the dynamics. Help them see their own value that they bring to the relationship. And anybody can do this exercise. Anybody can do this exercise right now. They can write down 20 reasons of why it would be a gift from the universe to her to be in a relationship with you. Why should she apply for the position of the girlfriend or life partner? You know, what's the value that you bring to the relationship? And a lot of guys are like, no, oh, I've never even thought about that. Well, okay, well, what do you do? For one simple one, even if you just start with genuine kindness, and it sounds like just a fucking Instagram motivational post or something, but it's genuinely like that. There's a lot of men who don't treat women well. If you're somebody who's genuinely kind and you really have the intent to care for it, that's value, you know, the the financial security you bring, that's value. Are you extraordinarily good in bed? That's value. You know, there's there's so many things. And just ask yourself, what do I bring to the relationship? And you write down 20 reasons, not 17, but you write down those 20 reasons. You force yourself. If it takes you three days, I don't give a shit. So you're like, oh, wow, interesting. Okay, cool. And then you ask other questions. Okay, who am I even? What do I even want from a relationship? So there's exercises on the internal side of things, but then it's also very practical where you, because the brain wants proof, not just promises. Then we're like, okay, let's get out there. You're going to meet women during the day. We're going to, or at night, and you're going to meet them online. And you need positive reference experiences. Andrew Huberman says, wins preceded by effort boost testosterone. The first time you get your number, you get a testosterone boost. That's unfathomable, right? I like, because as, as I said, as we spoke about earlier, it's like most of the stuff we do is online, but sometimes we do in-person events. And she's like, hearing guys get their first number, I know the high, I know the rush. You're like, what? it is 
you don't need caffeine then. I'm not saying not to drink coffee, but I was like, you don't need caffeine. You don't need cocaine. You don't need alcohol. Doing that is amazing. Being able to go to a random woman, anybody can learn this. Anybody can learn this and just introduce yourself and get a number. It, you might have to do 10 or 20 approaches to get a number. For some, it might be four approaches. For some, it might be 20. Depends, right? Depending on your skill set, where you're at as well. But that is a high. And then you realize I can literally just walk out onto the street every single day. And there's an infinite amount of options. But yeah, so you should always work on yourself, I think. But one of the best ways to work on yourself is also to work on your communication skills. Mm -hmm. What does amazing communication skills look like then? Very good question. It means getting the wrong women almost offended by your existence and the right ones to fall in love with you. Most men communicate like lukewarm water. A lot of people think that good communication means getting everybody to like you. And that's really not it. Good communication gets the right people interested in you and the wrong people almost offended. Not because you're trying to offend them, not because you're trying to be an asshole. That's not what this is. But if you communicate a strong opinion, if you communicate your values shamelessly, you're not ashamed of your values, you're not ashamed of your opinions, then you're going to go on a date. And some women, after an hour, they're going to love you and some are going to be very displeased with your existence. Mm -hmm. Shame is a big barrier, isn't it, for a lot of men? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah how, do you how do you help them navigate that difficulty? By not being judgmental, by being encouraging. And I, I think you probably do something like that by being, on the one hand, the kick in the ass they need, but on the other hand, by building them up as well, because they need both. They need the love and they need the kick in the ass. But by, by helping them, by being in an environment, by giving them the experience, by being kind in one way, by putting them in an environment with other high quality men, we're like, okay, we're all in the same boat. That's why I was like, so some, like I had a group coaching at one-on-one and it's like, even in the group coaching, it's just like, even my one-on-one clients say, okay, come into a couple of group coaching calls because you see all these other high quality men who are in similar situations, you know? And just by realizing, oh, there's normal, some, there's normal high quality men who are working on that. It's not just me. Ah, okay. <laughs> you know, cause sometimes we're just like, we think we're the only ones who are a little weird because like we observe all our weirdness on the inside from the outside i was like this guy's perfect you know but it's like we know all the weird thoughts that come into our head you know the mind secretes thoughts as jack hornfield says so we only ever see the polished outside from the other for the other people but we're confronted with our own little weirdness at times you know and so i think if we only saw each other from saw ourselves from the outside we think a lot higher of ourselves as well you know yes brilliant what are some of the non-negotiables that men should avoid if they are to pursue what dating or a potential relationship? You mean deal breakers or must-haves? I mean, what should they not do? What, what what should they not do? Yes, if they are to proceed with a successful dating life slash relationship. Non-negotiables well, first... for themselves. Like, do not do this. Yeah, the first you one approach is... A woman. Yeah, yeah, do not... Oh, okay. Specifically during the approach. Okay. Um, or well, even like through the approach and onto a potential relationship. Yeah. So first of all, learn to immediately accept the no. The second, she's not interested. It's because it's meeting women is actually the opposite of being creepy. The more women you meet, the less creepy you become. The people who are creepy are the ones who don't have options. Because the second a girl is not interested in you, the second a woman isn't interested in you, you move on immediately. You learn. And if she tells you, I'm not ready for a relationship... She's not ready for a relationship with you. If she says, I'm busy, she's not interested. That's cool. Leave her alone. Immediately move on. Just approach somebody else. There is, wherever you are, 50% of the population is female. 10% of them are in the right age group for you. Ireland, what, 8 million people or something right now? 4 million women-ish. 400,000 women in the right age group for you. Can you find one? 
you know? So that grounds you in reality. Now you can do the wrong thing a thousand times and it's not going to get you anywhere. But first of all, accept and all, read signals, okay? Like when she's not interested in you, move on immediately. Just never, the number one message I get on Instagram is, how can I make it work? This this one woman, this is one woman. I love her so much. She doesn't want me. She, she told me no, but I know she really likes me or some weird shit. Like, how do I, or even just like a little bit more normal, like how do I get this one woman I really like her? No, you have to instantly let go of this desire to make it work with any particular individual because this you cannot. There's some people who teach you how to get your ex back and that can work some of the time, but you can never promise that because you can never control the free will of an individual. You can never promise to make it work with that particular person. No, but we can make it, we can achieve the overall goal, which is happiness through a relationship with a woman you have high compatibility with, but you got to detach yourself from any neediness regarding one particular person. You can, the, the second you need her, one particular person, you can't have her. You can only have the type of woman you're willing to lose because that manifests in your subcommunication. It manifests in your verbal communication on the date. So let go of this idea of one person. Never. If there's one person you like, the only reason you're even obsessed with this is because you don't have options. Just go meet more women, approach more. Here's the interesting thing, right? And again, people don't have to go out to bars or nightclubs. But you know when you sometimes get a little crush on a woman when you like you start obsessing with we've all been there we, we think about her we imagine a future we're like what would it be like if the you know we, we fantasize about her and we get really excited about that this crush sometimes lasts for men for weeks months or sometimes years with one particular individual if you go out on a night out and you do 20 to 30 approaches on a night out i know it's a shit on it's a lot it's crazy unfathomable start with one in the beginning it's fine you work your way up this is you can't overwhelm people step by step relax but if you do that, if you were to do 20 approaches in one night, then you actually, <laughs> you, you're going to go through at least two crushes. You're going to meet two girls where you're like, oh, wow, or two or three in one night. And you get over the first crush. Then you talk to five, six girls and go, well, and then you have another girl that you have a connection with. And, and you already forgot about the first one. It's amazing. And some people say, oh, it's psychopathic. Yeah, this is not about fucking as many women as possible. That's not what this is about. You know, it's not about just, you know, I, there's people who say, I fucked a thousand women. That's crazy. You know, that's a little bit, that's, that's not what, but it's about socializing, about giving your brain the abundance that there's options. Because you, because then you realize the sensation of a crush was never love. Love, as defined in all spiritual traditions, is giving. I want to see you well. Wanting, there's neediness, love, and desire. Wanting, desire is fine. Right? Love is amazing because you want to help and you want to give, you don't want anything for yourself. Your cup is so full, it runneth over. But then there's neediness where you're like, I hate her. This little crush. We're like, this is love. No, it's not. You've been conditioned by Disney movies and beta male music. Every song, I love you, I miss you. Never mind, I'll find someone like you. It's a beautiful song, but what the fuck are those lyrics? It's conditioning. We're conditioning a weak fucking mindset. So you understand that you actually go through the experience of crushing on a girl and then actually thinking about her for like another hour or two until you meet somebody else. You're oh, the same sensation. So you don't actually want the person. You want the sensation. Yes. Brilliant singing voice there. Yes. Keep, keep, keep on going. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I, I feel that the question on many men's uh, lips at the moment as we're going through this process is, is there is there an opening line when it comes to approaching a woman that would guarantee well not guarantee but would give them a higher chance of success 
Yes. During the day, the easiest one is, excuse me, the seconds I saw you, you're really cute. I had to come and say, hi, my name is David. Who are you? Simplest one. It's not about the opener. You can open in a million different ways, but if, but people need a structure in the beginning, right? So you need a structure. You need to know what to do. Just use this line. You can replace the compliment with something individual, ideally. But it's like, excuse me, two seconds. I know this is super random, but I saw you. You're really cute. I had to come and say, hi, my name is David. Who are you? You can do that during the day. That's a standard go-to opener that you can use almost all the time. At night, the difference between daytime and nighttime, there's a lot to this, but during the day, you want to be a lot calmer. If you're in a shopping mall and you approach a woman, very calm, very respect, because you're just like, what the fuck's going on? Women don't get approached as often as you think during the day, even attractive ones. During the day, very rarely. At night, all the time. During the day, not so much. So very calm. At night, high energy. At night, you have to, you can say like silly, a lot, like a lot of crazy shit, actually. Logic goes out the window at night because women want to have fun. They're not, you're like, hey, nice to meet you. You're beautiful. I know, bitch. 20 other dudes told me already. <laughs> you know? But during the day, excuse me, two seconds. I saw you. You're really cute. I had to come and say hi. My name's David. Who are you? Wow. You got me, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brilliant. Yes. So if the men of the podcast here do want to reach out to you, potentially work with you, and even engage in some of the brilliant content that you put out there. Your content is unreal, man. Uh, well done. Uh, so where can they find you and how can they learn more about, about you and the, and the work you do? Yeah, you can put my name into Instagram, David Mason on Instagram. You can, we have videos on YouTube. We have videos on TikTok. There's a website where you can apply for a free consultation call. But yeah, take a look at the content with podcast. Not as good as yours, but like a little bit where I share some stuff as well. Um, yeah, you can find us on social. No, the content is brilliant, man. Keep it coming because I know a lot of guys are struggling in this area. So thank you for the, the work that you do. And thank you for taking the time to speak to me today and to add so much value to a man's life who's listening to this. So thanks, David. Or thank David. You. David, I should say. I was yeah, mispronouncing that. Or, so. or, da, or what is it? Dahi in Irish, right? I, yeah, there you go. Yeah. I'll call you, just call you Dave. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> thanks, brother. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Warrior Podcast. If this episode has added value to your life, please share this episode on your social media platforms so that others too can gain the insight, information, and inspiration that they need in order to move forward in their lives. For the time being, stay strong and keep fighting the good fight.